The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. According to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's annual homeless assessment report in 2017, there were around 554,000 homeless people in America, or 0.17% of the population. These are some large numbers. So why do people end up as homeless? People become homeless for many different reasons. The most obvious is simply when there is a lack of housing that low-income people can afford. Without housing options, they face eviction, instability, and homelessness. But health and homelessness are also explicitly linked, with health problems often being a cause for a person's homelessness. An acute physical or behavioral health crisis or any long-term disabling condition may lead to homelessness. Welcome to the Airzatz Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Wow, I wonder where that truth barista is. I haven't seen him all morning. Ah, there he is on Skype. Well, so where are you, truth barista? I've been sitting here in the booth waiting for you all morning long. Where are you? <laughs> what are you doing sitting in the booth waiting all morning long? Aren't you waiting on customers? Come on, get going there. Well, I mean, as the cat's away, the mouse will play. But seriously, I thought this morning we were going to do a Bible study. So I got all my books and papers and my cup of coffee ready to go. And guess what? You're not here. I know I'm not there because I'm here. And uh. you're going to ask me right now where here is, right? <laughs> well, yes, where is here? Well, here is over at my friend Carl Gertz's house. Say hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. <laughs> so who is Carl? Well, Carl is a friend of mine. I've known him for about seven years now, and he has a remarkable testimony. He's really an active evangelist. And I mean, you just sit down and talk with him for a while, Larry, and it's amazing all the things that the Lord is doing in Carl's life. I just decided I'd come over to his house and have a little coffee this morning. Well, that's great, Truth Barista. Well, introduce me to Carl so I get to know him too. Say hi, Carl. Carl again. Hi, Carl. Hey, That's Larry. All. How's it going? Hi, Carl. Is that all I'm going to get out of Carl? Oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. A little bit more. A little bit more. Okay. We'll tell you what, Carl. Why don't you talk to Larry for a little bit? I'm going to go fill up my coffee here. Why don't you tell him who you are and how you got involved in ministry or anything you want to talk about? You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. Hey, Larry. The first thing you need to know is I'm probably the more attractive of uh, the two of us. Oh. Um, no argument from Jay, I'm certain. He's busy anyway. I, I have known Jay for about seven years. I ended up attending his church and loving uh, the message that he was giving at some level. And if he can get past his bad jokes, I mean, it's all good. So, Oh, how um, I know about those bad jokes. Yeah, I yeah. bet you do. I've heard. been involved with different uh, Bible studies that he's involved with and he is a super smart guy, kind of. Super funny. Kind Rebecca, of. kind of. But uh, I've just always enjoyed how he, he truly loves the Lord, and that's our common ground. 
I'm back. Have you guys been talking about me? My ears have been burning. <laughs> oh, well, I've been learning a lot of uh, Carl's perspective on, on different things about your truth barista, but I still want to know more about his ministries because you say okay. this guy is involved in all kinds of things. So what are they? Okay. What are your ministries? You know, about uh, 13 years ago, I um, I started a homeless ministry and I started it with a group of high school kids. I was their confirmation leader and they had they were confirmed and they still had Wednesday night stuff and they wanted to still meet but at some point they said we're done talking about it let's go do something and out of that a couple of bonfires a couple of barbecues and we just started talking about how we were going to move forward with serving God and not just talking about it but actually doing it so we sat around a, a fire one night and they said, what do you want to do? And they were throwing out, well, let's, you know, we could rake leaves. We could do this. This was a fall. So we could rake leaves. We could do different things. And then one guy, Jake, said, I have a friend whose grandmother likes to go out and just feed the homeless. And he goes, we could do something like that. And so we threw around some ideas and then decided that each one of us will make a pot of chili and some make hot chocolate or something. We'll just go out and we'll meet people. And so out of that, we just started going out on Wednesday afternoons, three o'clock and just loving on people. And uh, actually, I know Jay told you, I, I did write a book, but I've written a second book. It's not published yet. But uh, the second one is about the homeless ministry, and it's called For Those Without Homes. But you can all buy that book and read the whole book, and then uh, you guys will know the whole story. So what do you do with the homeless? I hang out with them. I love them. It's all about relationship. Anybody can go out and feed them and give them stuff, but I've developed relationships, friendships, and I pray with them. I said earlier I'm an evangelist, but I'm an evangelist with the homeless who actually need a touch from God. And so maybe they need food, maybe they need socks. This last week, we've had so many people donating stuff. This last week, I gave this one gentleman, Charlie, a jacket and some boots. Within moments, he was hugging the guy who came with me and crying because he, he was touched that somebody actually stopped and gave him the time of day. And to boot, gave him some boots mm -hmm. and a nice warm jacket. So it is so rewarding for myself and for anyone who's came with just to develop those relationships and to love someone they don't even know at all the same way Christ loved us. You know, I was wondering, Carl, and I always ask this of people who are in ministry, because, you know, we see the fruits of the ministry and we praise God for that. But what have you learned about God in the midst of your ministry? Who is he and how does he show up and what have you learned? I would say that almost every week God shows up in different ways. And, and you know what, that's how he is in all of our lives. You know, one day we, we need him to provide for us financially. The next day we need him to, to hold our hearts because it's broken. And I find that, you know, through myself and through the people who come with me, God has changed the lives of so many people. And not just the people that we serve, but the people who actually go out and serve. That's probably the biggest change I've seen. I mean, you know what, we've helped a lot of people and, and I've had you know, so many different uh, homeless people come up and say, you know, we don't know what we do without you. But the people who have come with and served, their lives have been changed that day and every day forward and how they look at others. It's truly amazing. The worst thing about me being over 50 now is that I become emotional like at a drop of a hat. So during this interview today or while we talk chat and hang out and drink coffee, there's a fair chance I may end up getting a little teary-eyed at times. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have Jay punch me 
Just uh, well, yeah. Well, Jay punched well, me, so I'm crying now. But uh, well, well, I think um, that's Jay's objective is to make you cry. I mean, he makes me hey, cry hey, every hey, week. Yeah. All y'all just knock this off All right now. It, it's really fascinating what you said, Carl. You often hear a lot of people, and I hear it in the church and church members and whatever they. I want to do something for God, but I don't know what to do. So if somebody was to ask you that, what would be your response to them? You know, I've actually thought about this quite a bit. And I'm going to take it back to a couple of my Jewish brothers, Paul and Gene. Actually, that's probably not a great thing because it's from the rock group Kiss. But those guys, when they named their band, some people would say it was super satanic or something else. I think it was like Knights in Satan's Service or something something like that. that. Yeah, it was really weird. But I saw this interview with Gene and he said, keep it simple, stupid. And that's kind of been their whole thing. They, They said, you know, their music, they weren't great musicians, but they kept it simple. And they kind of, you know, made people rock and groove with them. But in the same sense, when I'm serving the homeless, it's keep it simple. It was a matter of I made a pot of chili and I went out and I started talking to people. And as you get out and talk with them, you find out what's the thing you need the most. They said, you know what? I haven't had dry socks all week long. My feet are moist. So I bought socks. And it's those simple things and being consistent. When you say, you know what? I'll be there on Wednesday. Show up on Wednesday at 3.30 or 3 o'clock, but be consistent to where they can know that they can count on you. One of the simple things that I've found is know their name. The way God knows our name, man, we just need to reflect that to people who don't know him to say, hey, you know what, Jim? And they look at you and go, wow, he remembered my name. You know, Robert, I haven't seen you in a long time. Whoa, he knows my name. God knows our name the same way. When you are important enough, to where someone remembers your name, man, it just, it lifts your spirits. It brings you to a place that you, you haven't been in a long time. I think just, you know, loving on people and, and caring enough to actually remember certain things about them, to, to remember their daughter's name, to remember that, you know, hey, you were a car guy. Didn't you have a CUDA? Oh, yeah. There's different aspects to everyone. Just remember a little bit about them. Show them that you actually care about them and you'll change their life from that day forward. I just heard this week, as you know me, I've heard, and you've said this many times, Jay, yourself, is that, you know, content is king. But someone corrected me this week and said, no, that's not true anymore. It's relationships. That's what's king. And I think that's what I'm hearing Carl say, that no matter what you know about God, you've got to have a relationship, an avenue by which you can go and be an evangelist. And the the thing that really struck out to me, you know, because I like to think in, you know, just small, simple phrases, keep it simple, right, is I may be homeless, but I'm not nameless. Right. I'm still a person. And regardless of our circumstances, no matter where any of us are at or anybody that we encounter throughout the week, we're still people. And in a sense, we're not home with God yet. He's made his home with us, with Jesus living in us. But we're not home yet. Right. In that way, I can relate. We're all homeless, so to speak, but we're not nameless. He right. knows each and every one of us. And and thankfully, he knows a lot more about us than just our name. And that even can be a little intimidating because he really knows everything about us. <laughs> and that's, I'm scared. <laughs> please, God, don't. But anyway, it's really significant that in most ministry, when you say, what's my ministry? People are thinking of, you know, I need a 501c3 and I need a board and I need to do this. Well, no. The root of the word ministry simply means to serve. That's what it means. And when you know somebody by name and when you do something, even in a little way, a singular way, in a regular way, you're serving them, you are ministering to them. And that can deeply affect people. 
have you seen a change in some of the homeless people you're ministering to? What has been some of the most pronounced changes you've seen in some, like a changed life or changed circumstances, or how has God been at work in them? I think everyone wants to go, well, tell me those those miracle, wonderful stories about this person was homeless and and now they're living in a mansion. And oh no, that was- Well, me. that would be the prosperity uh, gospel, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but- so many of them. I mean, sometimes I've I've met people that they wouldn't even talk to me, you know, or wouldn't talk to anybody. They would avoid everybody. And now they see us on a regular basis and they come up and they, they say, oh, wow, it's really good to see you. And I mean, that's, that's awesome from a personal level. That's something for me. But, but I have seen some people, a friend of mine whose name is Jim, he for many years, lived a homeless lifestyle, made some mistakes, but eventually he worked himself back into getting a job. He had an apartment and he actually even came out with us serving the homeless after the fact, which was awesome. And through that whole way, he would say that the best people that he's met are people who actually invested time in him. And he wouldn't specifically always say, well, it was Christians, but he would say that the people who changed his life were people who loved Jesus. And it wasn't a matter of them giving them money or giving them different things. It was people who would stop and invest their time and just, you know, spend time with him and hang out. That meant the world to him. So one of the things, if you would talk to somebody and they say, how can I get involved? How can I impact people? You would just say, find something, do it, touch somebody's life. Just do it. Love on them. Yeah. It's not that hard. So many times you go, well, I want to do this. The church would tell us, well, we got to have three meetings and that's just so we can decide what we're going to do. And then we got to do two more meetings to figure out, you know, that we're going to do it this way. And this person's actually going to be in charge and you got to answer this person. It's like, you know what? We need to answer to one person, to one singular entity. A a committee of one. (laughs) Yes. When we go, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. And it's like, God says, you know what? Just go out and love my children, love my kids. Whatever you do for them, you're doing for me. And that's kind of been the whole mindset of going into to serving the homeless is that I want to serve God and I want to love people the way he loves them. Well, you so, know, Carl, what I have found, I've always said, guess what? You know, the good news is in heaven, there's no more meetings. Yay. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing is, as I'm hearing you talk, Carl, what I'm gathering is that, you know, sometimes we really do need to earn the right to speak into people's lives. And sometimes, you know, the church just wants to blurt out the good news and it just falls on deaf ears because there is no relationship. So when you show up consistently every week or whenever you do it, they see that you're really serious, that you love them, you care for them because you're there and you're there on time and they can count on that. I think that kind of relationship opens the door then to share Jesus. Am I right or am I wrong? I would say you're right. You know, when I said that when I know someone's name, how much that means to them. You don't know how much it means to me when that homeless person knows my name. When they say, Carl, I'm really glad that you're here. You know, we're so happy that you come here all the time. You know, they might say my name two or three times and it's like, all I've heard is my name two or three times. (laughs) You know, and my head grows. And the fact that these people actually, I'm important enough to them to know my name. It's kind of what I think they might be feeling the same. So when I know their name. Super. Carl and Jay, boy, this is so good. But I have to put this on hold for just a second. I've got to go out and back because they're delivering some supplies and needed for the lunch crowd. Be right back. There are more homeless people in America today than the populations of Orlando and Reno combined. 
And that doesn't include people forced to live with friends or relatives. That number could be closer to 7.4 million. But the American economy is showing signs it's bounced back from the 2008 recession. The GDP is up, unemployment is down, and homes are selling. Yet despite all that progress, the gap in income inequality keeps widening. Estimates show that 150 million people worldwide may be homeless. Another 1.6 billion don't have adequate housing. This is The Truth Barista, your link to how God defines our day. Truth Barista, every week we talk about things that are so important, but we want our audience to know that, you know, there's a cost to this stuff. Your education, your time that you develop around a theme and you help people understand it at a deeper level. I mean, we really would like people to like us on Facebook. We'd like people to further our conversations through their social media, and we also want them to help support us. Highbeam Ministry has a lot to offer all sorts of people. Just go to the website, highbeamministry.com, and we've got the podcast, but we also have resources like some Bible study notes we're producing on the book of Daniel and the Feasts of the Lord. We also have tremendous blog articles that we share and all sorts of additional resources for people. In fact, we have a page for news and great articles that are out there that people would find of interest, current events that relate to the Bible, fascinating topics of where we're at prophetic because I like that kind of stuff. So I put that up there. We have a lot of resources. Encourage everybody to go to highbeamministry.com. Truth Barista, we're meeting a need because there is a lack of good Bible teaching and good themes that never get mentioned. And so we're mentioning that. We're diving into the Bible. And that's our source. It is the Bible, not our doctrine or our church doctrine or whatever. It's the Bible. And that's where you can really get a lot of help in your spiritual growth. And what we like to do is to take those Bible truths and apply them in real time with the struggles that we have as individuals, the struggles you may be facing. So we need your financial support to keep this ministry rolling more than just the podcast we need your support to keep the ministry rolling so we can do this full-time produce this content for you that will strengthen you in your christian walk and give you answers for the questions that come up day to day so where do people go to get more information and how to give and how to find more articles and more podcasts go to high beam ministry as in car high beams highbeamministry.com. Look for the donate button on the webpage. If you want to contact us through email, it's highbeamministry at gmail.com. All one word, highbeamministry at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your suggestions. We'd love your comments. We'd really, though, also love to have you support us. Okay, I'm back. Oh, that was fast. Well, <laughs> must have been a light delivery day. So, Carl, you've written a book, and Larry, this is fantastic. I've kind of delved into it a little bit. Would you tell Larry about your book, Uber God, and where that all came from? It's a it's a really unusual title. Hey, is that um, you mean to tell me when I call up Uber, I may get God driving me? Well, it depends. Some people have entertained angels unaware, right? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so Uber God, where did the idea come from? 
Well, I've driven Uber for a long time. I did it as a way to supplement my income. I was a stay-home dad for 17 years. And when you're a stay-home dad, you know, you generally stay home. So, but I um, I needed to contribute to our family and make some money. And eventually I stopped driving Uber for a long time, but sometimes God has different plans for us. He makes a way when we think there's no way. Sadly, the, you know, the most disappointing thing in my life was I'm divorced now. And when I got divorced, I needed to be able to provide for myself. I started driving Uber. I didn't leave my house and I was divorced. Things happened, but God provided. I had a car and I love talking to people. I decided that I was going to drive Uber, but if I'm going to have to go out and drive Uber, I'm going to bring my best friend with me and that's Jesus. And so I, anybody who got into my car, they met Carl, but also met Jesus. Okay, so what are some of the things that happened in your car driving for Uber with your best friend Jesus and the people who jumped in with you too? Well, that's a good question. I, every day, I wouldn't like specifically go into it going, you know what, I'm going to find a story to talk about or write about. But I'm picking up a, a lady and a gentleman in St. Paul. And they're in my car, and so I'm kind of quiet right away, and they're talking. And as I'm listening, I figure out that one of them is from Boston, and one of them is from New York, and they're talking baseball. And that that's like oil and water. You can't be a Yankees and a Red Sox fan. So they're like giving each other a hard time, and all of a sudden, through their conversation, I hear the gentleman asking the woman, how she's feeling. And she said, well, not too bad. I had the treatment a couple days ago, so I'm not expecting to feel bad for another day or two. And I don't know what's happening, but you know, over the course of hearing their conversation, she's got some sort of medical condition that she's being, it's being dealt with here in Minneapolis. So I ended up driving her down near uh, Loring Park down to Eggie's Cafe. And we're about to get out. And I, I stop and I say, you know, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to be nosy, but I heard you. And I go, you've got something going on with you. And I go, I just want to pray with you and bless you. And almost within moments, I can see her almost tearing up. And she goes, I, I definitely would want prayer. And so we spent the next couple of minutes praying with her. And she got out of my car and, you know, she grabbed my hand and said, thank you so much. And that wasn't a thank you to me. It was a thank you to Jesus for sending someone into her life who actually took the time to say, hey, God loves you. God cares about you. It was amazing. It was very healing for me going through some of the worst times in my life to be able to be what God wants all of us to be to other people. How can people get a hold of this book and, and read what the Lord did with you and through you and spoke to you through your experiences driving with Uber? It is available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes & Noble. It's available... I mean, if you looked up, if you just Googled Uber God, you would, you would find me. And that's just U-B-E-R, right? Uber yes, God. Uber right? God. And if you're not familiar with what the word Uber means, Uber is above all. And some people actually use Uber in the sense of super mm -hmm. um, in different ways, but that's what God is. I mean, he is, he's above all. He is where we need to direct all our praise and, and our worship. There's a lot of stories through the whole book and which are pretty amazing. And, and what I've done is I kind of wrapped my life from when I was a child. I had a twin sister who passed away from cancer. I've had my dad passed away. There's been different, different elements of the whole thing, but God has been there. He's always been there. The Uber God, the one who's above all has always been there and walked with me through all the heartaches of life. So it's not just about driving Uber. 
It's about always having that need. So what do you think, Larry? I'm blown away. And and there's more to his story, which we probably won't get into today. But I think when people understand the full breadth of what Carl's been going through in his personal life, now he talked about the divorce and that, that kind of thing, but there's other health issues that he is, you know, working through. And maybe next week we can get into a little of that because I think people would be absolutely surprised at what he's accomplished with the kind of struggles that he has. All right. Well, I think my takeaway on this one is if you're wanting to get involved with with God and and see what he's doing, just ask him, get an idea and just go for it and see what he does. And just loving on people never hurts. Loving on people is exactly what God did. And that was the core of his ministry, loving on people and how he's reaching the world for Jesus and bringing them all back into his arms. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Larry, I'm going to go over to Carl's house next week again, and, and we'll come here and have some coffee, and we'll Skype India again, and he'll tell you about some of the cool things that the Lord's doing through his health stuff. Oh, great. It gives me some time to fool around when you're gone. Hey, hey, get to work. Hey, Jay, give me some more coffee. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista podcast. The best way to find out when a new podcast drops is through RSS feed. Go to our website, look for the RSS button, press it, and then enter your email. You'll be notified when a new podcast drops. Thanks for listening.